Masechet Nazir Daf Lamed Zayin. This stuff is an essential one for understanding all the laws of Isur Veheted when something non-kosher falls into something kosher and gives taste to it. Uh, this is one of the main sugyot from which we learn all of these laws. Um, okay, just uh, back to the context here. Uh, we in the Mishnah we talked about the opinion of Rabbi Akiva who said if you have bread and it's uh, soaked in wine and then Nazir eats it, uh, one Kezayit, then they are liable. And so uh, Rabbi Abu, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, said that we learn from here, um, from um, and from the word Mishrat, right? Mishrat is the Pasuk. Uh, here, this is Vechol Mishrat Anavim Lo Yishteh. And Rabbi Akiva understood that as bread that's soaked in wine. And based on that, based on Rabbi Akiva and the Mishnah, Rabbi Yochanan said, we learn here the principle of Heter Mistaref Isur, that if it is uh, um, half a kezayit or a little more than half a kezayit of wine with half a kezayit of bread, it has to be majority of the prohibition, so majority wine, and the, kez- and the Nazir eats it, they are liable because of this principle. So even though um, it's a combination of permitted and prohibited, if the combination together has a majority of prohibited and it adds up to a kezayit, that is, then its uh, person gets lashes. However, Rabbi Yochanan limits this law only to Nazir. Other sages said it applies to other cases as well. Now, Abaye is challenging, uh, is challenging Rabbi Yochanan and saying, "Hey, I think it should uh, it should apply to other prohibitions as well." And he tried to prove that, but Rav Dimi said, "No, no. In those cases that Abaye that you brought uh, that those have a different principle that applies to them, and that's kezayit bechde achilat peras, which means that if there's a uh, uh, the prohibited is more than an eighth of the permitted, and someone comes along and eats a peras worth of it, such that there is a kezayit of prohibition within that peras, then they are liable. But this is not the same as etemisafli so because in this case, in kezayit bichtachlat peras, the person is actually eating a kezayit of prohibited substance, um, but it's just mixed in, and he's eating a lot of a lot of the substance, such that he had, does have a kezayit at the end. So Rav Dimi says, I can explain all those cases with the principle of kezayit bechdatil achilat peras, and that's how he refutes Abaye. All right, we have one more one more such uh, challenge by Abaye um, before we get to the next uh, section. Here it is. Itibe Abaye es Rav Dimi. Shete kupot achat shel tiruma v'achat shel cholin v'lifnehen shetne shete sein achat shel cholin v'achat shel tiruma v'naflu elu letoch elu shenehem mutarin sheni omer cholin letoch cholin naflu tiruma letoch tiruma nafela. It's in the variation of a, a brayta that we saw before. Uh, we have two baskets uh, full of uh, grains. One is tiruma and one is cholin, and in front of them are another uh, two containers. Containers. Uh, one is full of cholin, uh, and one is full of teruma, and one of them falls into another. The baskets fall into the containers, and we're not sure which one fell into which. We assume that both of them are permitted, and uh, we assume that the cholin fell into the cholin, so anyone can eat that, even a non-kohen, and it's the teruma that fell into the teruma, and that only a kohen would eat. 
All right. Now this has to mean that it's a, a prohibition midrabanan because uh, it's a safek and safek drabanan laakel. So why would this be a drabanan? Abaya continues and explains. Visa kadatech kezayit bichdachilat peras asur amayam dinan sheani omer. So Abaya tells Rav Dimi, how are we going to explain this? Right? Where, where would be the prohibition if one is falling to another, falling into another? If you explain this according to your principle, the way you explained the previous one, that it's a kezayit within a peras, so it's more than an eighth of the tirumah that's falling into the into the into the other basket, whichever it is, um, and uh, and and in that case, that prohibition is a deoraita prohibition, and so you do have to worry that the tirumah fell into the chulin, that which would create a deoraita problem and safek deoraita lehachmir. So this is a problem according to you. Abay is going to continue and explain why, according to his own opinion. This can this can make sense um, with uh, by saying it's a ter mistaref leisur. I can explain this case simply by assuming that we're talking about a case where the prohibited teruma is less than the permitted holin. And because the permitted is a majority, uh, then you do not apply heter mistaref leisur. As we just said, you only say heter mistaref leisur when there's a majority of the prohibited. Uh, then, even if it's just 51%, and you have 51% of a kazayit prohibited, and 49% of a kazayit that's permitted, then that person would be liable. But if it's majority permitted, then that's why it's permitted. So that's why in this case, it's, it's, since it's uh, since there's no Deoraita prohibition, we can be lenient. So this makes sense according to me, although he has to make that okimta. But according to you, that applies the principle of Kezait and the Peras, there, right, by definition, so you don't need a, a majority. All you need is one out of eight. And so as long as one more than one out of eight, then it should be the Oraita. So you see, your principle doesn't work here. And my principle does. And I'm proving from here that they, we say heter mistaref leisur also in a case of teruma, not only nazir as Rabbi Yochanan said, and so Rav Dimi now is answering for his teacher Rabbi Yochanan. Says no, we're talking about teruma nowadays. Um, that the uh, teruma is the rabbanan, and so since the entire prohibition of the is the rabbanan, that's why we can say safek safek the rabbanan lekula. Okay, very good. Now, Amar Abaye. Now Abaye is going to start off on an entirely new line of questioning. Right? Uh, Rav Dimi answered all the questions before, and so now Abaye goes all the way back to the source of Mishrat, and he says, wait a second, you know what? Maybe the word, maybe the Pasuk of Mishrat, how do you know that it apply that we learn from here that permitted and prohibited can combine, right, the combination rule, uh, combine to a kazai to make something prohibited. Maybe this pasuk is talking about flavor, tam, keikad is like substance, that even if you just have flavor, but it's a uh, flavor of something prohibited, then it's as prohibited as substance of it. Okay, if we go back to the pasuk, as we mentioned at the beginning of the previous daf, um, this is the peshat of the of the case, it seems to me. Right? That if you have uh, grapes and you soak them in water, you soak it for a while until the flavor of the water, of the grapes, goes into the water. 
And even if then you then strain out the grapes and you have no more grapes in there, there's no substance, um, but there's only a flavor, uh, a grapes, grape flavored water. And the Nazir is prohibited even for that, right? Uh, he, he cannot drink it. So actually, this case seems to be talking about um, ta'am ki'ikad, right? So this is a very important phrase, ta'am ki'ikad, that even the flavor of something is going to be prohibited like its substance. So maybe it's referring to that. Now, what's the difference, what, what's the difference between Tam Ki'ikad and Hetel Sur? Tam Ki'ikad is more stringent in a way um, because each of them has a stringency the other one doesn't have. Tam Ki'ikad is more stringent in that even if there's no, none of the original prohibited substance, even if I strain out all of the grapes and all I have is grape flavor, that is still prohibited if we apply this principle. Um, on the other hand, applies even if taste does not transfer to the other item. If I have I've permitted food and prohibited food, let's say fat or something, right, and they're, they're, they're put together, um, but the, the flavor didn't transfer. So I didn't cook them together, they're just dry, right? They're mixed together, but they're dry, so the flavor didn't uh, transfer from one to the other, so then you would not apply ta'am ki'ika, but the Hetem sword would apply so that if I had a, a kezait of the whole thing, uh, I would, it would be, it would be uh, uh, liable. Whereas Tom Kikad would say, even if there's nothing of the original, if I have a kezait of the, of the food that tastes, has the taste of the pro- prohibited item, then that is also prohibited. Okay, so these are two very different principles. And um, Abaye says, you know what, I'm looking at the Pasuk again, Mishrat, and I think actually we should derive an entire, entirely different principle from it. Now, we, now we're wondering about Abaye because he totally changed his line of reasoning. Can you explain your, your uh, line of reasoning here? At first, you were challenging Ravdimi, um, and, uh, and he answered all of these answers. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he uh, Abaye objected with all these objections, and then, and the point of the objections of Abaye was to expand, right? To say, hey, Ravdimi, and your teacher, Rabbi Yochanan, you're only, you're only teaching Heter Misefli Sur only in Nazir? No, we should expand it. And Heter Misefli Sur should apply the stringency. That should apply across the board to all Isurim. And he brought examples of Tirumah. And so he's trying to expand Hetemistefli Sur. Okay, now that uh, now that 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 you know, all these uh, Ravdimi answers um, these challenges successfully, now he's going the opposite direction and saying, "Oh, you know what? There's no law. Forget the whole law of combination, right? Mishnah is not teaching that at all." And so he goes from trying to expand it to say that no, this Mishnah teaches something else altogether. Ta'am ki'ikad. So ha- why did he change his mind? And the answer is, yeah, he did change his mind. Right after Rav Dimi uh, successfully uh, 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 answered, resolved all the all the challenges. So Rav so Abaya said, "Oh, you know what? You're right." I see that does not apply. This principle does not apply in other case. Only Nazir. Um, but now he wants to go back and says he wants to find some way of, of uh, finding the, a principle that is not only for Nazir, but can apply to other cases. So he says, you know what? I think Mishnat actually is about Tam Ki'ikar. Okay, Lichedetanya. Now, um, Abaye did not make up this rule of Tam Ki'ikar, uh, but rather this comes from a Beraita. 
Here's the Braita. Lichidatanya, Mishrat, Liten Tam Ikar. The word Mishrat, right, soaking the, the grapes in, in water. That teaches that taste is prohibited like the original substance. That if you put grapes and soak them in water and it has the flavor of, of wine, then, and Nazir drinks it, he is liable. And we are going to use this as a prototype for all other prohibitions in the Torah. The same thing, if they have some pig and you uh, cook it, uh, with uh, vegetables, even if you take out the original uh, substance of the pig meat, um, but the vegetables have the taste of pig, then they are also prohibited. Okay. And we're going to learn this based on the Kavachomer. Um, from Nazir to all, all other prohibitions. And we'll just give a couple of examples. So Nazir has a lot of, um, a lot of leniencies, um, and yet it's still prohibited the Tamki Ikar. What are the three leniencies of a Nazir? Um, it's not forever, right? I mean, unless you're a Nazir forever, but most Nazirim, standard Nazirut is only for a limited time period, whereas all other pro- most um, almost all other prohibitions, pig, right, is prohibited forever. And Isur Hana'a, a Nazir is allowed to benefit from wine, right? He can be, he can have a wine store and sell wine and make money from it. He just can't drink it. Um, whereas there are some some other prohibitions of have a, a pro, uh, have a, a prohibition against Hana'a. and there is heter isura if a nazir goes to a chacham and uh, annuls his vow then he's permitted so you see nazir has all these leniencies and even though it's a pretty lenient prohibition taste is like substance tam kikar so kileh hakerem a different prohibition of mixed uh, seeds that uh, grow near each other um, where that's prohibited forever you could wait for a thousand years it's still going to be prohibited and you're not allowed to get uh, even a benefit from kilayim and there's you can't go to a sage and undo it it's uh, right it's not based on a vow so all the more so in kilayim that has none of has none of those three leniencies they would say tam ki ikad. And not only that, also huadin le orla bishtaim. Orla only has two stringencies compared to it um, because um, although the prohibition of Orla is not a permanent prohibition um, because this tree right, is only prohibited for three years and then the fourth year it's holy but then you wait till after that and then you can eat from the tree. So it's true, it's not forever but it is also a surbahana'a and you can't ask a chacham and undo it. So Orla also would apply to and the truth is it would apply to any prohibition because um, uh, pretty much any other prohibition is going to have a stringency comp- uh, compared to these three leniencies of Nazir. And therefore we can learn from Nazir to all other prohibitions in the Torah that Ta'am Ke'ikar. Uh, so to just look at our outline for a second, um, here Abaye, he, first he was challenging, right, because he wanted to expand, but Avdimi uh, um, responded. Okay, so we're left with According to Rabbi Yohanan, explaining Rabbi Akiva, we have Hete Mistaref Yisur. That's what we learned from Mishrat, that the combination principle, but it applies only to Nazir. That's Rabbi Akiva's position. 
And now Abaye says, wait a second, I have a Braita, which is the Chachamim, it's the majority, and they learn from Mishrat Tam Ki Ikad, and it applies to all prohibitions. Okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to ask about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, since you limit um, this word Mishrat, first of all, only to Nazir and only to Hetemisef Lehisur, you must agree that taste is prohibited, right? What you think Rabbi Akiva would have uh, something with the taste of pork? And he would eat it, right? So he, you have to learn it. You're not learning from here. You've got to learn it from somewhere else. So where is he going to learn it from? We're going to try out milk and meat. It's not going to work from there. We're going to try from non-kosher pots, right? You see why this sugya is essential for all the laws of pots and pans. Okay, so that's what we're going to figure out now. And here we go. Okay, but before we ask about where Rabbi Akiva learns Ta'am Ki Ikad, we just want to clarify this statement of Rabbi Abhu, the, you know, way back in the beginning of the suya who said in the name of Rabbi Ochanan um, that and he learned it from a statement of Rabbi Akiva and that's that's only for Nazir so all this time we were assuming it's Rabbi Akiva in the Mishnah but now we're going to say actually that's not so clear so um, when Rabbi Abhu said his statement um, according to Rabbi Ochanan and it was following Rabbi Akiva that and for Nazir, which Rabbi Akiva? If it's Rabbi Akiva of here, of this Mishnah, where Rabbi Akiva says, even if someone soaked his bread in wine, and it has enough litzaref to combine to a kezayit chayav. That's where we got this combination. It says the word um, litzaref in the Mishnah. But that could be interpreted differently. No, maybe that means that there's a kezayit of wine wine itself within the bread and it's just giving example that because Rabbi Akiva was arguing on the previous uh, source that says it's a rivi'it and he said it's a kezayit kezayit is a solid uh, um, is a solid measurement so he's showing you how you can have a solid measurement of wine but because if you dip a bread into it and you have a kezayit of prohibited substance altogether, um, then that, that would be prohibited. And so maybe it's not a combination of bread and wine, but kezayit of wine itself. That's what he was saying. And if you say, and if you say, wasn't that obvious, right? I mean, what, 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 why do we need to even teach, teach me that? If there's a full kezayit of wine, right? That's his whole point. Then, then why do you need to tell me? That that's prohibited. Right, Rabbi Akiva, you have to look at the context. Remember the Mishnadi Shona uh, there said, no, uh, the prohibition of a Nazir, the minimum amount is a Rivi'it. And Rabbi Akiva was saying, no, it's a Kezayit. That's why he had to he had to say his law. Why did he talk about the bread? Oh, the bread is not, it was just, just a side point. It was just an example of how you can have a dry measure of wine. And so we gave an example um, of bread that's soaked in wine. But really, we, 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 don't we can't learn necessarily the combination principle 
from his language there. That Saref there can simply mean that if you combine together all the wine that's spread out into the bread, um, and that's and that it makes up a kezayit, then it's prohibited. Okay, rather, um, when Rabbi Abhu was referring to Rabbi Akiva, he was talking about Rabbi Akiva in this Baraita, where Rabbi Akiva says, a Nazir that soaked his bread in wine and ate a kazait made up of wine, bread and wine together. Chayav. So here you see the combination principle. Okay, really this, this Baraita is actually just expanding on explaining the Mishnah. So the Mishnah probably does mean that also, but the Mishnah is not so clear, so the Baraita makes it clearer. Okay, good. So now we, uh, now we understand how um, uh, the, the statement of Rabbi Akiva, um, and uh, now we ask, All right, very important question. See, everybody is going to agree at the end that Tam Ki Ikar applies across the board, right? Any prohibition, any prohibited item, even if it's just a taste of the ayim is going to be prohibited. And so for Rabbanan, in that Braita that was quoted by Abaye, they learned from Mishrat. This is, you know, go look in, in throughout the Torah and see how, you know, see how many cases you can find where it talks about something that's just a taste. There are, there is a, another one we're going to see. Um, but here, uh, here is definitely a, a good candidate. It says something soaked in water and you remove the grapes and that's prohibited. So Rabbanan learned Tam Ki Ikad from Nazir and they, from there they learned for all, to all other prohibitions. But how about Rabbi Akiva? Since he uses V'chol Mishra to teach Hetemi Sarifli Sur, and that applies, by the way, only to Nazir, um, where is he going to learn Tam Ki Ikad? And the answer number one is Yalef mi basar bechalav lav tam be'almahu ve'asur hachaname la'shena from meat and milk. After all, if you have uh, a piece of meat and some milk uh, uh, drips onto it and gets absorbed, right? And now the milk is gone, right? There's no substance of milk anymore. It got, it got absorbed. Now it's only a taste of milk, right? The point is that you can't you can't see it. I mean, the milk is in there somewhere. Um, but once it gets absorbed, it's not in, it's not there in its uh, in its its own form anymore. So that's called just taste, and yet it's prohibited. And um, uh, um, and so we can learn from there uh, that all 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 other substances as well. We we would say tam ki Okay, so this is uh, that's where Rabbi Akiva learns it from. And now Rabbanan mi basabechalav lagamrinan dehidushu. Rabbanan say no, no. We can't learn from basabechalav. I agree that basabechalav is an example of tam that goes into food, but that is an unusual. It's an exceptional case. It's a chidush means it's a novelty, and this is a, this is a general rule. If you have something that is said one time in the Torah. Then you can apply it to all to all cases and all all similar cases in the, in the Torah, unless it's a chidush, right? If there's something about this particular case that is unusual, it's a novelty. Then I would say, well, maybe it only applies 
in that case and not in, in others. And that's what Rabbi is saying here. Basam Chalav is exceptional. My chidushe, what's its novelty that makes it exceptional? Ah, here's, the, here's what's so novel about meat and milk. If you have kosher meat and kosher milk, by themselves, these are two kosher substances. And it's only in the combination of them that it makes, a, it makes something uh, 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 prohibited. Right? This is unusual. It's kind of paradoxical. You should think two kosher things should be even more kosher, right? And that's not true of other prohibitions. If I have non-kosher meat, or right, or um, uh, um, uh, uh, something that would use for avodah zarah, right? These are just things that are prohibited and uh, prohibited in and of itself. And so that's the chidush. Maybe yutam kiikad only applies here because it's two permitted substances. Well, it once has such a novelty, so then the tam kiikad is a novelty there also. So that's why rabbanan will not use Basabichalav as a source for all others and they want to use Mishrat. Now, but we challenge Rabbanan because in Kilayim also you have one type of uh, plant here and that's permitted. One type of plant by itself is permitted. If they were planted alone, they would be, be permitted. It's only that because they are growing together near each other, that's why they're prohibited. So Kilayim See, Basab Khalaf is not a Khidush Kilaim also has that factor. So you should be able to use Basab Khalaf as a prototype for all other prohibitions. So back to Rabbanan. Why don't why do you need Mishrat? Why don't you use Basab Khalaf like Rabbi Akiva does? Here's why. Because if you take meat and milk and you leave and you let the meat soak in the milk right, for many hours, it's still permitted mid-de-oraita, right? Since the Torah says, lo tevashel gedi bechalev imo, we learn that you're not allowed to cook it together, and the eating is only prohibited mid-de-oraita if it's cooked together, right? If uh, if it's cold and they just touch each other, uh, then there's no de-oraita prohibition. Okay, it's still the Rabbanan prohibition, so you still can't, you know, eat um, uh, eat uh, a hamburger and have and have a, a milkshake um, together with it, right? But as long as it's not cooked together, it's not it's not a deoraita prohibition. Now, regarding the soaking, uh, in, in, incidentally, if you soak it for more than twenty four hours, then it's already like it's pickled, and pickling is a type of cooking because then it does it is going to um, is going to absorb um, more significant. We're talking about where um, it's less than 24 hours, and um, and it's only when it's cooked together that makes it prohibited. That's a novelty. That's not true regarding other prohibitions, um, because in other prohibitions, as long as the taste goes in, uh, once once taste goes in, it's prohibited. Whereas here, even though you t- you could taste the milk in the meat, and you're actually eating, even though you're eating it together, substance, right? If you have uh, you know a cold cheeseburger that wasn't cooked together, but you just put it on after, that would only be midir banan. Okay, so you see that Basab Khalav has a chidush, it's a novelty, and that's why we could say, yeah, Tam Kikar works over there because of this unusual thing that has to actually be cooked together. So we can't use that for other things, not a banan and not a biakiva either. Sorry to biakiva. So now we're going to go back to the biakiva. So this is good for the banan because they have Mishrat, so they don't want any other pl- other place to learn from learn it from. So Rabbi Akiva Name Basabekhalav Khidushu Ela Yalif Migi Ole Goyim. Now Rabbi Akiva cannot use Basabekhalav 
where are you going to learn the principle of Tam Ki Ikad? And the answer is from the purging of vessels of Gentiles. Uh, uh, um, uh, so when the Bnei Israel conquered the Midianites um, and they took their vessels, they had to kosher them, as we see in this pasuk, right? El Azara Kohen uh, told them, um, all the vessels, if they are usually used to cook in fire, then you have to pass them through fire in order to uh, kosher them. Right, and so this is where we learn the basic uh, uh, principles um, that if something is used uh, in fire, you have to kosher it in fire, something in a pot, right, uh, on the stove, you have to use it on, uh, you have to kosher on a stove, and so on. Um, so, uh, what do we see from here? So we learn from these pesukim that you have to that the um, the the vessels of Gentiles uh, is prohibited. Why? Isn't it only taste? Right? It's not like when we uh, when we go and conquer them and we take their uh, their pots. It's not like we're taking it with the food inside and eating their food. We're talking about empty pots, right? And you clean them out. And even though so there's no substance of any uh, any food in it, nevertheless, it requires purging because it has taste in it. And that and the next time you use the pot, then um, even if you put kosher food, it's going to have taste of the previous dish that was non-kosher in it. And so we learn from here that taste is prohibited. So Rabbanan, uh, so Rabbi Akiva says, I can learn it from here. So now Rabbi Akiva has Mishrat, that's for the combination principle. And gi ole goyim, that's where we learn the tam ki ikad. Now, ul rabanan goyim. Now, a challenge to the rabanan. Why do you need mishrat to teach you tam ki ikad? Why don't you learn it also from gi ole goyim? Amar lehatam chidushu dahabechol torah kolano ten tam nifgam mutar vegabe gi ole goyim asur. Says no, this is also a novelty. It's an exceptional law because in the rest of the torah and other laws, if it's a bad taste, then it's permitted. If you have some uh, some uh, you know pig or uh, or whatever, and uh, it, it gets rotten, and now it doesn't taste good, uh, that there's then then there's no prohibition of eating it anymore. Whereas Giulegoim, even uh, even though the taste is not good, right? Let's assume that the, the, the these pots were not used for 24 hours. That's a general principle. Once something is left for 24 hours in the in uh, inside the pot, then we assume that it's not going to give a good taste. And yet you still have to kosher it. So you see that that's is, this is a chidush, uh, and that's why we cannot learn it from there. It is a case of ta'am ki'ika but we can't use that to learn from every to learn to everywhere else okay what are you going to answer to that how could you learn from if uh, in that case um, even something that tastes bad is also prohibited and you have to kosher it no no we think it's that actually is the same as all other prohibitions that so only a sur midoraita if it was used on that day. Um, because if it's used with less than 24 hours ago, uh, then it's, um, it's, not, it's not called tam gam. It's actually a good taste, right? If you cook something in a pot and there's some, you know, whatever flavor in it, and then you cook something within 24 hours, people actually like that. Oh, it tastes, it tastes better. And so actually on a deoraita level, 
Um, um, I agree with you on a Doraita level and all other prohibitions, only if it adds, it has a good taste, then it's prohibited. And also for Gilead Goyim, only if it's a good taste. The fact that we today, uh, first of all, for all other prohibitions, even if it doesn't taste so good, um, we're still not going to eat pork. And also we kosher um, pots and pots and pans even after 24 hours. Lecha techila. Okay, that's, uh, that's all dera banan. Um, but uh, so Rebbe Akiva says, no, no chidush, we think it's the same as everything else. Veda banan, so da banan, what are you going to do with that? Oh, see, it's the same, it is the same as every, everything else. And uh, really, you only have to kosher pots mid oraita if it was used le- within less than 24 hours. So da banan respond to that. No, they say even a pot that was used recently, it's impossible that the, the taste is not slightly tainted uh, because once it gets absorbed into the vessel and comes back out, right, who wants to eat that? It's not, after 24 hours, then it's a even worse taste. But even before 24 hours, it's not a good taste. It's somewhat tainted, somewhat bad. And even so, on the Doraita level, you have to go and kosher the, kosher the pots. That is a chidush, whereas for all, all other obligations, um, if, uh, if the um, prohibited item is still tasting good, um, and then, then it's, only then it's prohibited. Once it doesn't taste good, then it's permitted. And so that's why the banan will not learn from the pots, um, but Rabbi Akiva does learn from the pots. And so this is uh, now um, to summarize what we have so far. Um, everybody agrees that Tamki Ikar is a is a principle that applies across the board. Um, Rabbi Akiva learns it from Mishrat. The Rabbanan, um, uh, sorry, Rabbi Akiva learns it from the pots, and he uses Mishrat for a combination principle, whereas Rabbanan. They learn Ta'amki uh, Ikad um, from Mishrat, right? So Rabbanan learned Ta'amki Ikad from Mishrat. Rabbi Akiba learns it from uh, koshering pots, and he uses Mishrat for um, the combination principle. Now, Amale Rav Achabre Rav Avya Rav Asher. Med Rabbanan Nishma Rabbi Akiba. Um, so now we say uh, um, Rav Achaz tells Rav Asher, based on what Rabbanan said, we can uh, learn something about what Rabbi Akiva would say, would say or should say. Rabbanan, they took this pasuk of Mishrat, of, of soaking um, grapes, and they learned from there that Tam Ki Ikad, and they learned from there a prototype to all other prohibitions in the Torah. Now, let's see, now we see, see that strategy of Rabbanan? I know Rabbi Akiva disagree that this is what this is a source for, but let's also learn a parallel strategy. That Rabbi Akiva how come Rabbi Akiva, since he learns also from Mishrat, a different law, he learns the combination principle, how come he doesn't use that as a prototype to apply the combination principle to other prohibitions in the Torah, right? If Rabbanan can use Mishrat as a prototype, Rabbi Akiva should also be able to use Mishrat as a prototype for the law that they do. How come they don't? Say the combination principle uh, for the whole Torah. They they limit it only to Nazir. Okay, good question. Um, Nazir Hatat he says, I'll tell you why. Because you have not only the case of Nazir where you have a combination principle, you also have a Hatat offering. 
also we're going to see in a second, has a similar combination principle in the Torah. And here's a general rule. Anytime the Torah gives you two sources to teach the same law, you cannot learn one them as a prototype. If why? The logic is, if the Torah wanted you to, to uh, Torah does not is not going to necessarily repeat everything in every single instance, right? So very often it'll say something in one case, and you say, oh look, if that's true in one case, it's true in all cases. Tom key cut in one case, fine, I can learn that all other cases will be the same, unless there's no overriding factor uh, otherwise. But if the Torah goes out of its way to say that this law, that this factor applies in two cases. Well, why do you need to tell me two cases? One would be enough, and then I could learn to all the others. If the Torah is telling you in two cases, it means it wants to specify only those two cases. Don't learn it to anywhere else. And so that's what we're answering on behalf of Rabbi Akiva, because it says this um, law, the combination principle in two cases. All right, now what are the two cases? Nazir is one that we just said. Um, hatat mahi. What's the case of hatat? And the case in the context of korban hatat says anything that touches the korban, the the flesh of the korban hatat also becomes consecrated. Now So what do you mean? Just touch even for a second, even if it didn't absorb any taste? No, that's why it just adds the word bibsara. Could have just said kola ikdash. Bibsara means its flesh has to actually absorb some of the from the taste of the flesh. Okay, now when it says yikdash, doesn't mean it actually becomes holy and becomes like a korban itself. It means that it's go, we're going to have to apply the prohibitions because the korban chatat has has many prohibitions regarding uh, who can eat it, when they can eat it. Um, only a kohen, right? Only in a limited amount of time and has to be treated with special kedusha. And so if it touches other meat. Um, even if it touches um, like a shelamim, which is lesser, uh, also kodesh, but uh, um, of lesser is kodesh kadashim kalim, not kodesh kodashim, it still um, makes the other meat prohibited. Okay, so this is a So we're assuming that it's some kind of case where they touch, um, and some uh, and it gets mixed together, right? Some of it gets mixed together. Maybe some some fat or something gets put on the other one, and so now there's a mixture, and uh, we're going to apply the combination principle. Uh, here as well. Now the Brayta continues and explains itself. So Yigdash uh, that the new meat becomes consecrated means it it becomes like the Hatat offering. If the Hatat was a disqualified offering, then this meat that it touches will also be disqualified. And if it's kosher, then it can and can be eaten the chatat. Then the meat that it touches also can be eaten, but with the string, same stringencies as the korban chatat. Um, okay, so now what you see is that in the case of korban chatat, where the pasuk here also talks in, is talking about chatat that has many prohibitions regarding it and touches some other meat, and we're assuming it somehow gets mixed up so we can learn um, the combination principle. And uh, this, so we learned the combination principle here also. So now we have two sources, Nazir and Hatat, and both of them teach the combination principle. And since it has two sources, we cannot learn from it to any other case. And that's why Rabbi Akiba does not uh, use, it, use, it as, use them as a prototype. Good. Now that we uh, saw that, let's go back to Rabbanan. Rabbanan, Serichi, Rabbanan, how come you don't do the same thing? Why don't you say, take Nazir and take learn Tam Kikar there. And take the Khatat offering and learn, learn Tam Kikar also there. Prohibited meat 
touched per permitted meat, and let's assume now just the taste went in, but none of the substance, right? It touched, and now it tastes like uh, some of the chatat went into the other um, um, uh, other meat, and, and then that would be two sources that teach the same thing, and now you cannot use it as a prototype, Rabbanan. And so Rabbanan will answer, no, Sirichi, I have, I need it, and uh, I need to learn to teach Tamki Ikad in both Nazir and Hatat. So here's a exception to the principle of two sources. If you have two sources, and they're exactly the same, and Torah goes out of its way to teach you, then you cannot use them as a prototype. But, if there's a good reason for the Torah to have to tell you in case one and in case two, because you wouldn't be able to learn them from one, any, either one from the other, then you can take both of those together and, and you can use them as a prototype to all others. But you have to explain why it's necessary and why you couldn't learn one from the other. So Rabbanan says, I need both. If it only said regarding Korban Hatat, I would say that Nazir cannot be learned from Hatat because there's a general principle that you don't learn from, from Kadashim to Nazir. The whole realm of Kodashim has own very special laws, very stringent, and we don't generally learn from Kodashim to non-Kodashim laws. So that's why you're going to need, definitely need to say it in Nazir. And if you only had it regarding Nazir, then I would say also maybe I cannot learn Tam Keikad from Nazir to other prohibitions because, and, and not also not to Korban Hatat, because um, Nazir has a stringency. A stringency is that even grape seeds that you aren't very edible um, still are prohibited. So I might say, oh, that's why Tam Keikha are there, because even the grape seeds uh, are prohibited. But um, I wouldn't be able to learn from there too. Hatat, and that's why the Torah has to tell me regarding Hatat and regarding Nazir, um, uh, the the law of Tamki Ikad. But since I need both of them, I couldn't learn one from each other. That's why the Torah has to tell me both of them. But I can learn from those as a prototype to all others. So that's according to Rabbanan. We need both of them um, for their individual contexts and contexts. And yes, we can learn Tam Kikar to all prohibitions. Now, back to you. Um, don't you need um, both of them? And you can't learn Nazir from Khatat or Khatat from Nazir. And therefore, since, you, since there's a good reason to say both of them, how come you, then we should use them as a prototype to learn the combination principle to all prohibitions. So, no, what do I need them for? I agree with what Rabbanan just said in one direction, that if you only said regarding Korban Hatat, then we couldn't, couldn't learn Nazir from it because we don't learn laws about chulin from laws about sacrifices. So yes, I do need the Nazir one. But the Torah could have said it just by Nazir, and I could have learned Hatat from it because we can learn from all these. Uh, um, before, after all, all these Sunnah Shabbat Torah we can learn from Nazir. If something is, there's no, there's no particular reason why Nazir is more stringent. So you see, Rabbi Akiva does not think that the the prohibition against the grape seeds is a big deal, right? Uh, people eat grape seeds. It's not uh, it's not such a crazy thing that's uh, totally unedible. And so, therefore, there's nothing special about Nazir that makes it a novelty. 
You could just say Nazir, and if it only said it regarding Nazir, the combination principle, I would learn to all uh, every all other prohibitions. But because I went out of its way and taught it in Nazir and in Hatat, that means it wants to limit it only to those two. And so, therefore, according to the Akiva, combination principle only applies to those two contexts. Uh, whereas Tamki Ikad, he learns from the um, from koshering pots. Good. Now back to Rabbanan. Rabbanan Amri Lach Hatad Lehetel Mistaref LeIsur VeCholin BeKadashim LaGamrinan. Now Rabbanan, what are they going to do with the Hatat uh, uh, source? They're going to say, Oh, okay, Hatat. Um, you know, I have to agree with you in the end here that um, Hatat is actually um, it will teach me Hetemisefli Sur because Rabbanan. Don't they agree with the principle of Hatat of, of the combination principle at all? Um, so it says, yeah, yeah, we do. And so from the law of Hatat, we'll learn the combination principle, although it's only going to apply to Hatat. And because uh, because Cholin from Kodashim, we don't learn. We can't apply we can apply a law in sacrificial meat to sacrificial laws to non-sacrificial laws. So according to the Banan, in the end, um, even though just above they were they were applying Hatat to mean Tamki uh, but actually, you don't need it there, right? Because we have Nazir. So they were agreeing with this in the end, and the grape seeds aren't important. Okay, so for Rabbanan, um, they got, they're going to learn ta- from uh, from Mishrat um, and Nazir. We learn Tamki Ikad across the board for all of the Torah, whereas Hatat uh, teaches us the combination principle. Rabbanan do not apply the combination principle to Nazir. Um, okay, further according to Rabbanan, Mishrat is going to teach us Tamki Ikar, Mikana Tadan, the Holy Torah, and we can learn all, all, all prohibitions from Mishrat that Tamki Ikar. And now to summarize Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Tarvayu le temistaref le isur, Vavulehu shenekitubimim kehad, Vechol shenekitubimim kehad, and Melamedin. So they would say that Nazir, Mishrat Pasuk, and Hatat. Are um, uh, both teach us that the, the the combination principle. Since there are two pesukim about it, um, two two pesukim that come together as one cannot be used as a prototype to others. So according to the Biakiva, um, uh, the combination principle applies to hatat. And that the Rabbanan agree with it, agree with that. So they both agree that the Hatat is teaching the combination principle. Um, Rabbi Akiva adds, he's more str- he's uh, more stringent in this sense that he says that the combination principle is learned from from Mishrat and so applies also to Nazir. And Rabbanan disagree with that. They don't think the combination principle applies to, applies to Nazir. And when it comes to Tamki Kad, both agree that Tamki Kad applies to all everything in the Torah. The Be'akiba learns it from the prohibited uh, from koshering pots, and Rabbanan learn it from the um, from uh, Mishrat regarding Nazir. And so you see how important this sugya is. This is the 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 uh, primary source for Tamki Kad. All the laws of uh, of kosher and non-kosher, um, uh, one taste of one mixing into the other primarily through pots and pans. Um, this is the major source for that halacha. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.